I'm Caleb Brown, host of the Cato Daily Podcast. It is December, and I'm once again here to ask you to support this podcast and the broad mission of the Cato Institute by becoming a podcast sponsor. If you support Cato to the tune of $1,000, I'll give you a shout-out on the podcast. The only way to do this is to visit cato.org slash podcast sponsor and make your contribution. Cato accepts no government money, and we depend on the generosity of our sponsors to help us advance the values of individual liberty, limited government, free markets, and peace. Visit cato.org slash podcast sponsor and support the Cato Daily Podcast and the Cato Institute. This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, December 17th, 2019. I'm Caleb Brown. The U.S. House has passed two articles of impeachment against President Trump. Cato's Gene Healy, author of the new Cato paper, Indispensable Remedy, walks us through the articles, why they were written the way they were, as a House vote looms this week. Yeah, there have been a lot of talk in the last few weeks about cluttering up the articles with uh Charges ranging from emoluments clause violations to obstruction of justice in the uh, Mueller special counsel probe. And I guess in the end, the Democratic leadership decided that none of that really sparked joy and they kept it minimalist. Uh, So what we've got is two articles of impeachment that focus on uh, Ukraine gate and the president's response to the impeachment inquiry that Ukraine gate launched. So, uh, yeah, I, I assume there would be three just based on history <laughs> that there would be three. Well, there were only two in the uh, most recent in the Clinton uh, impeachment. Uh, but what, you, what you've what you got is uh, the first article is about the alleged shakedown a- attempt of the Ukrainian government, the uh, uh, withholding a state visit and uh, military aid. Uh, unless and until the Ukrainians uh, announced uh, an investigation into the man that was at that point uh, Donald Trump's leading 2020 presidential rival, Joe Biden. Uh, And uh, Article 1 charge, Article 1 is about abuse of power, and it charges that President Trump abused the powers of his office, quote, for corrupt purposes in pursuit of personal political benefit. And one thing that's interesting is that uh, despite some talk about bribery and extortion, uh, the article really doesn't frame it in the language of the criminal law. And I think that all other things being equal, that was a a smart way to go because impeachment is not a criminal process. And when you try to shoehorn uh, what we're talking about here, Trump's behavior and the the surrounding the uh, July 25th phone call, when you try to shoehorn that into a bunch of federal criminal statutes, you invite this hyper-technical legal debate, which is not where impeachment's supposed to be. Impeachment is designed, uh, the core of impeachment is designed to get at uh, not violations of uh, federal criminal law or particular statutes, but misuse of the powers of, of the office in ways that can often be perfectly legal, but still corrupt. So uh, the second article, obstruction of Congress, this seems a lot more clear cut. There were there there are numerous ways that the president has attempted to prevent Congress from, in in a sense, performing oversight functions. Well, it, it depends on who you ask. Uh, wh- whether Article One of uh, 
the impeachment or Article Two obstruction of Congress is more solidly grounded. They're both uh, they both have uh, precedent in the Nixon case. Uh, Nixon, remember, you always have to point this out because someone will point out to you as if you don't know that Richard Nixon was not technically impeached because he quit before the hammer could drop. But the in July 1974, the House Judiciary Committee voted out three articles of impeachment. Uh, and uh, the third of those articles was obstruction of Congress. And the notion is that uh, by, uh, in Nixon's case, partially, selectively, and duplicitously complying with congressional demands for information and impeachment inquiry, he uh, interposed the powers of the presidency you know, in, against the lawful subpoenas of the House of Representatives and pre prevented the House from properly performing its uh, constitutional obligation in an impeachment inquiry. And uh, Article 2 of the articles that were just passed against President Trump actually quotes from Nixon Article 3 pretty heavily. Uh, and well, one thing you can say is that President Trump's resistance uh, in this case is more flagrant than Richard Nixon's was. Nixon didn't until the very end uh, you know, stop complying uh, entirely. Trump from the beginning has announced a categorical stonewall, a total blockade on anybody uh, from the administration participating in the inquiry. Now, a couple of people have disobeyed that, uh, like uh, uh, EU Ambassador Sondland, uh, but he his policy is a total blockade and that has prevented some key fact witnesses like Chief of Staff Mulvaney and John Bolton uh, and some others from uh, from testifying in, in the House inquiry. So uh, Doug Collins, the top Republican on the Judiciary Committee, has said this is the first partisan impeachment in the history of the Republic. <laughs> yeah, it's nonsense. Uh, the first partisan impeachment in the history of the Republic was the first impeachment uh, that Senator William Blount in uh, 1797. Uh, the fact is, from the very beginning, any high, every high-profile impeachment has been a party-line impeachment with few de defections. Uh, if you want to see a bipartisan impeachment, you'd have to go to you know one of the the many obscure federal judges that that have been impeached. When the stakes are higher, particularly when you're talking about a presidential impeachment, you're always looking at a near-party-line vote. Uh, even in the Nixon case, a majority of Republicans on the House Judiciary Committee voted against every article of impeachment. In fact, it was only uh, Congressman Larry Hogan, the father of the current uh, governor of Maryland, who voted for all three impeachment articles, the only Republican to vote for all three impeachment articles. So if your standard is going to be you, the impeachment needs to be bipartisan. That means you never impeach in in any case, certainly any case involving the, the president. Uh, that said, it's bad that this is a more party. This looks is shaping up to be a more party line impeachment than even past impeachments. That's something that Alexander Hamilton warned about 
in the Federalist Papers, Federalist 65, that the danger was that the decision would be uh, determined more by the comparative strength of the parties than by actual evidence of innocence or guilt. And that definitely looks to be how it's playing out here. Uh, but the fact that there's a party line vote doesn't tell you which side is being unreasonable. So, uh, and we'll talk again about uh, what is likely to occur uh, in the in the U.S. Senate once a, a trial uh, commences. But what have you made? What do you make of the idea that people like Lindsey Graham have said that they're not even really pretending to be impartial jurors or impartial judges of of this case that it, that would come before the Senate? Well, there's a sense in which that's nothing new. For example, the the claim about uh, Majority Leader McConnell uh, coordinating with the president's defense counsel. Uh, something very similar happened in our last impeachment uh, with the Democratic leadership working with Bill Clinton's lawyers. Uh, so that's, you know, you're not... If this proceeded like an actual criminal trial, you could uh, disqualify everyone in the in the Senate from hearing the case. That's not new. On the other hand, Lindsey Graham flat out announcing that he's not going to be impartial uh, is a flagrant violation of the oath the, that he's supposed to take at the beginning of, of this trial. So uh, again, not entirely un unprecedented, but worse. Gene Healy is a vice president at the Cato Institute and author of the Cato paper, Indispensable Remedy, the broad scope of the Constitution's impeachment power. You too can become a Cato podcast sponsor. Visit cato.org slash podcast sponsor to make a gift today. And thank you. <laughs>